0: Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. When it comes to energy, is it lights out for the EU, or will their leaders wake up and stop interfering in the lives of their people? And Queen Elizabeth II has passed away, and King Charles is in charge of the royal family. What will his globalist woke perspective mean for the UK? Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest. For my new listeners, Dr. Peter Hammond is the founder and director of Frontline Fellowship, the founder and chairman of Africa Christian Action, the director of the Christian Action Network, and the chairman of the Reformation Society. He is the author of several best-selling books, including Faith Under Fire in Sudan, In the Killing Fields of Mozambique, Slavery, Terrorism, and Islam. The historical roots and the contemporary threat. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to Dr. Peter Hammond. (laughs) Welcome back, Peter. Thank you very much, Audrey. Great to be back with Real Talk. Oh, it's great to have you with us again, and we're going to jump right in on this. The energy grid is collapsing in the EU, but it appears that it's not a natural occurrence. The EU leaders are creating it. Um, as panic is rising and soon will turn to chaos, what do you believe will happen?
1: Well, it is it is chaos. It's going to be a very dark, cold winter, literally uh, dark and cold, because Energy, cheap, reliable, dependable energy, is absolutely vital to any economy. And uh, uh, more so for the people in the Northern Hemisphere than for us in the Southern Hemisphere. We don't have anything resembling internal or central heating in Africa. When it's cold, we put on more jerseys, um, put on another cat, you know, that's sort the of thing. Because uh, <laughs> uh, we we don't really go for things like heaters. But Europe mm. is totally dependent on this. And uh, they need um, everything from natural gas, uh, fossil fuels and all the rest. But they've been waging a war against their energy supplies and fossil fuels and closing down um, atomic uh, energy stations and uh, uh, thinking that wind farms and solar panels are going to solve all their problems. And of course, it's not. And it's not very reliable. And it doesn't work very well when the sun's not shining and the wind's not blowing and uh, all of that. So, uh, And it's, it's not reliable. And also, the other thing about the green energy, I don't know how many people know this, but about 70% of the green energy uh, batteries and wind turbines and so on comes from red China, as in communist red China. You know, the people who are the biggest polluters on the planet who produce most of the air pollution, most of the water pollution, most of the plastic pollution, most of everything kind of pollution. In fact, the biggest environmental disasters on the planet are always communist and socialist countries. And so if you really care about the environment, what you've got to do is buy these batteries and solar panels and everything that come from red China, which actually do more damage to the planet and cost even more in fossil fuels and so on. And the ridiculous thing is uh, not only is it causing more, more climate change, global warming, yeah, degradation kind of, of the planet, pollution, mm-hmm. everything else I want to talk about, but when you get down to it, it's not reliable. And so at the end of the day, just like when you've got these people with all their um, energy cars, and, and this isn't a Babylon B story, but in California, they're telling people not to charge their cars, their electric cars that are getting to be compulsory, uh, because there's not enough energy. And again, it's reminding people, where does the energy come from that uh, the electric cars are plugging into? Well, it, it comes from the fossil fuel gas exactly. station down the road, yeah. and they've been closing all those down. So what are we heading to? Is a situation where there's not going to be enough uh, energy to keep the lights on and to keep uh, the heat flowing through all the factories operating during this coming winter. And in uh, Europe right now, which, by the way, has made it so much worse by putting sanctions on Russia which they were totally dependent on for <laughs> natural <laughs> gas, amongst other things. Yeah. So you've got, for example, Vien Energy, which is Austria's main supplier of energy, is insolvent. They now say they need 1.7 billion euros to remain uh, in operation. Wow. And uh, you've got Shell saying that this isn't just going to be for the this winter – uh, they heading for five to ten winters of absolute uh, rationing and disaster. Uh-huh. They're talking about rationing of energy. In oh England, goodness. they're saying, you're not going to be able to turn on the, the electricity for long. And uh-huh. in some places, they are putting a massive fine so that you will get fined if you put your energy uh, Energy, uh, anything uh, up to as high as 26 degrees Celsius, that's, anything that's up crazy. to that high, uh, you, you can get fined and you can end up in prison. And there are all sorts of bizarre things going on. So they're literally talking about energy prices in Europe. they up up um, over 400% this year and over 1,200% <laughs> since January last year. <laughs> it's, so, it's insane. Uh, th- this is Staggering, you know, when things go up 5%,
0: 10%, it hurts. When it goes up 400%, and 1,000%, percent that's catastrophic. And they're doing this to the people. And it's funny you mentioned the U.K. As a matter of fact, there's been a report that 70% of the restaurants are going to close down for the winter because they cannot afford to keep the places heated. And some of them, of course, may not uh, reopen again. And they, well, this, is, this is very, very intentional because they know that what will happen, the most vulnerable will end up dying because it comes down to heat or eat. And, of course, Mm. they go for eat and they die from hypothermia.
1: Yes. So, uh, you know that um, natural gas has increased um, hundreds of percents in Europe all over the place. There are some energy sources that have gone up 800% and so on uh, in Europe. So, they're heading to total chaos. There's people in Britain, a full quarter of the population of Britain says that they will not be able to afford to turn on their heat oh. not once in the whole yes. of the next winter. And bear in mind, it's not like for people living in Florida and so on, they think, well, that's not serious. But uh, people in the snow belt, they can die of cold. It's yeah. it's yeah. a life or death issue in some of these climates in northern Europe if they don't have central heating. So, uh, <laughs> Like Germany. wasn't. Didn't President Trump warn them you're yes. too dependent on Russia for your um, energy and uh, you need to be energy insufficient? And they're all laughing at him then. Yeah. And right now, well, they put sanctions on Russia. Then they wanted to exempt the natural gas they were getting from Russia. And Russia said, oh, well, um, guess what? We're doing maintenance supplies. <laughs> and <laughs> We can't uh, give it well, to while you. We're doing maintenance, <laughs> sorry, we can't supply you. And so they're just doing a counter
0: sanctions, which – Europe's hurting more from the sanctions than Russia is. They're a bunch of fools. They really are. They think this is a game. And it's not – well, it's a game. It's not their lives that are at stake. It's the people's lives that are at stake. And Yeah. No, I, I,
1: you know, when um, uh, President Macron of France said – that we've got to say goodbye to the age of abundance. We've got to tighten our belts and be prepared for time of austerity. I don't think he's thinking about the people living in Versailles and uh, you know, for himself and the um, <laughs> thousands of unappointed bureaucrats in the EU. I think he's meaning the plebs in the street.
0: That's it. That's what he's talking about. Because uh, I mean, even the, the the Bible talks about that in Revelation, where it's going to t- be a time of uh, you know famine and poverty, but not for the elite, because they're going to be, uh, just like now, they making sure that they have enough no matter what. But us, well, we're not as important.
1: Yes, so this goes along, of course, with the war on farmers and the war on food, you know, no farmers, no food, and uh, no food, well, you know, you get things like famine and people die of starvation. And bear in mind where this fits in the Great Reset, because after all, wasn't it Klaus Schwab of World Economic Forum who announced that uh, COVID-19 was an opportunity for the Great Reset and the fourth industrial revolution and transhumanism, (laughs) and basically they're not going to need... um, About 8 billion people who are pretty surplus. All we need is a population of about 500 million, which means that, you know, 8 billion surplus eaters, surplus consumers, uh, they need to get rid of them. Well, how are they doing that? Well, of course, abortion helps and euthanasia helps and uh, fake pandemics and (laughs) dangerous uh, so-called vaccinations, which are extremely questionable um, medical procedures uh, that surely helps by increasing sudden adult death syndrome, and and it's like happening,
0: that. and and it's it, happening. It, it is. And, and then you have but, nuts like uh, Trudeau above us, who is that? He has the government encouraging people who are poor, who have become poor by him because of his actions, to consider killing themselves. Oh well, surely <laughs> you should be by example. Um, right, by all means limits. go first, yeah. Yeah, you know,
1: if, if that's what people should do, why doesn't he show the way? Right. And um, he, he could uh, actually do a lot to heal his country by such an act. But <laughs> was, what yeah. we've got here is these people are actually heading towards famine because, yeah. you know, wars help, but not as much as plagues. Right. And plagues help by depopulating population, but not as much as mandatory vaccinations, which come from people who've, well... Yeah. India had a parliamentary investigation into uh, the Gates, uh, Bill Mill yeah. and the Gates Foundation and yeah. their so-called vaccines, which left hundreds of thousands of people damaged and uh, in serious situations as, as a result. They banned Bill Mill and the Gates and the vaccines so-called in India as a direct result. So don't be too surprised that a lot of the third world's not excited about this whole plan that's being offered by the EU and the NATO globalist uh, one world crowd. And that's why so many in the third world are totally apathetic to the West's war and sanctions campaign against Russia. And they're happy to trade with Russia and get cheaper oil from Russia and all the rest of it because they just don't like the hypocrisy of the West, which is sad that it's got to that. But the war on farmers, which we've seen in South Africa, which we've seen in Netherlands, where they're wanting farmers to euthanize most of their cattle, uh, get rid of most of their farms, and... uh, This is insane. The Netherlands produces a hundred billion dollars of exports in food every year. And uh, it's the second largest exporter of meat on the planet after the United States. It's it's incredible such a small country can do this. But now they've got a World Economic Forum prime minister who's wanting to commit economic suicide and hand their farms over to the state that the state can use it to build low-cost housing for immigrants. Oh, that sounds like a great idea, but how are they going to feed them? Well, famine is the ultimate way of bringing the world's population down to what the Georgia Guidestones and World Economic Forum is asking for. So the wars and all this pale into insignificance compared to what famine can do. And we're heading there. There is no doubt the shortage of fertiliser. And in Africa, we've got 34 countries in Africa that depend on Russia and Ukraine for fertiliser and food. There are countries in Africa where the entire wheat Uh, imports comes from Russia or Ukraine. And sanctions and the war is preventing most of the countries of Africa from receiving their biggest supply of food and fertilizers. And all of this is is catastrophic and it's not accidental. As you say, the war on fuel and the war on food, and there's also a war on finance because the goal is to have cashless societies, which mm-hmm. can be easier to manipulate. Yeah. And uh, and you see some corporations see
0: doing that. Yeah, some corporations are already doing that. You have you know, some of the wholesale clubs where, where people go. They they use the scamdemic to say, oh, do you want to have, uh, you know, you want to touch money, you know, because it might have a virus, you know. And then mm-hmm. uh, the, now... Uh, you know, that it's over, um, they, they s- still don't uh, allow you to, but they have to, ha- they have to have at least one register in the entire place that will take cash or give you cash. Otherwise, they want you to use your card. But then, of course, that's moving us toward what China has with their system when you're not, oh, you're a bad, you know, you have a, you have a bad credit score with us, you know, from their points. And then we're going to have to shut down your ability to access money for food and such until you obey. Which they did in Trudeau's uh,
1: Canada, yes. which he seems to think is Cuba, where somebody who ran a flower shop not only got bricks through the window, uh, but suddenly got their bank balance completely frozen because they made a donation to the truckers. Yeah. And uh, next thing, because of making a small donation to truckers, can't pay the children's school fees, cannot pay by the heat, which up there can mean difference in life and death, yeah. and couldn't. Uh, continue to employ people, pay bills for running a little flower shop and destroying people because they made a donation to a let's restore some freedom to Canada kind of movement. This is is communist. If if you depend on on, uh, the banks, they can
0: just chop you just like you can be deplatformed by Twitter and Facebook. Oh, this looks like we're being prepared for something. So (laughs) I won't Uh, won't say. It's
1: hard to... (laughs) Believe that they've got our best interests at (laughs)
0: heart. Yeah, I think the answer is a big fat, hairy no. (laughs) That they don't. Um, You know, uh, the uh, the Queen, of course, Queen Elizabeth II has um, has died, and um, would you share a bit about her life? And would you share about the? significance of the queen's death and what impact a king charles will have on the uk the commonwealth of nations and to well basically freedom in general
1: yes uh you know uh, you may be surprised how much africa follows even the monarchy and uh, as was said by the french president to the british people she was their queen but to the rest of us she was the queen and uh, um that's that's true and um I think the globalists and the secularists and the one world crowd must be awfully depressed right now because evidently support for tradition and for the monarchy and for nationality is far stronger than they've been leading us to believe. And just contrast, in the last month we've had uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, last dictator, well they called him last president of the Soviet Union. And uh, it, it was interesting watching the state TV coverage of his funeral where they said, hundreds have lined up to pay their respects to this previous leader. And they showed us video evidence of maybe up to 200 people coming there. Um, But you contrast this absolutely lukewarm response to Mikhail Gorbachev, who's an idol of the New World Order, and they're just gushing over him in the media, but the population of ground is so apathetic. There was no long lines in Moscow, and most people ignored it, and the president of Russia didn't even bother to turn up for the funeral. The president (laughs) of Russia didn't have the time to come to Mikhail Gorbachev's (laughs) funeral, and then you get the queen dies, and you've got Mm -hmm. over 100 heads of state, and you've got the the biggest security nightmare probably in the history of the world, when have they ever had so many heads of state in one location? Right. It was like 100 head of states visiting London simultaneously. How the British police managed, it's absolutely extraordinary. But despite every globalist attempt to destroy it, nationalism and Christianity and tradition are stronger than ever before. And I think the uh, many of the uh, globalists must be absolutely depressed. You, hundreds of thousands of people lining up some of them for 7, 8, 10, 12, 14, 20 hours, uh, over 24 hours queuing to get to walk past the coffin of the Queen lying in states in Westminster Abbey. We've never seen anything like this. Two million people lined the procession lines for the funeral on, on Monday, uh, the 19th. Absolutely extraordinary. I mean, when have we seen such scenes before? And here you've got an expressly Christian monarch with a very yes. Christian. Yes. traditional service mm-hmm. hymns and scriptures in a beautiful cathedral excellence on every level and the enthusiasm of the people on the streets not just in london but we're talking about australia new zealand uh, everywhere, uh, canada yeah, everywhere. all over the world yeah. even south africa and uh, absolutely amazing because uh, this is meant to be heading into a classless world society, a genderless world society, a LGBTQ uh, pervert's paradise of globalist one-world government, one-world economic system, uh, one-world interfaith religion. And what are the masses getting all excited about a Christian nationalism and tradition and Christianity that you can just imagine, uh, especially when they just showed nothing but disinterest and apathy to Gorbachev? I think that this shows you that there's a lot of resistance. There's a great resistance to the Great Reset. Yeah. And maybe the people on the ground aren't quite as brainwashed and compliant as the globalists were
0: leading us to believe. Yeah, and I think that might have been a shock to them since they were looking at the response or the obedience. Uh, when you put people in fear, they may look like they're obeying, but it's a very temporary state because they, then they come back to who they are and they are not owned by you. And that's, yeah.
1: Did you notice all those thousands of people crushed together, well, almost, uh, no social distancing, no masks in Westminster Abbey? Yes. Uh, and, uh, isn't it interesting, just a few months ago, it was essential for your survival to have all this great masquerade madness and lockdown lunacy. And um, did you notice where the British put the President of the United States in the order of things. Somewhere back there in the 14th row um, uh, with Trinidad and uh, Tobago having a higher uh, diplomatic status. And I love it. That's intriguing. I'm I'm surprised they didn't show him the servant's interest and have him doing the dishes because in the British scheme of things, that's what they think of President Biden. I mean, that's how important he is. Yes, exactly. It's, It's like um, America never had its independence right. and uh, finally they <laughs> yes. don't respect the present resident of the White House.
0: That's right he is resident, resident Biden uh, that's exactly uh, who he is and I think it was hysterical when I saw that but of course I'm sure the mainstream media didn't mention <laughs> that. They probably p- showed him, made it look like he was up front or something but um, yeah he was, uh, you know actually he, he's, he's below the servants so I think he should be. Um, yeah,
1: did you notice they kept him waiting at the door because he came a bit late and they they had him wait for all the procession. They seated him late because he didn't arrive in good enough time and uh, and he wasn't allowed any of his bodyguards or attendants around him and uh, he's literally put in a little wooden chair, um, tucked away back there in the 14th row, (laughs) uh, surrounded by dictators and so on. Uh, uh, I love it. um, (laughs) You should feel comfortable then (laughs) with the dictators. I think there's a lot that we can be amazed about because they say 4 billion people watched the uh, funeral procession and funeral service online. Four
0: billion. That's like half the population of the world. that That's, that's half yeah. the
1: population of the world, correct. So it, this is just staggering. To compare it, the biggest before that would have been uh, Princess Diana's with 2.5 billion following her funeral. Mm. So evidently, uh, the monarchy and tradition and Christianity and the family are much stronger than would have been thought. Now, just contrast this again with just uh, about a month ago, we had this Baal worship ceremony at the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony in Birmingham. And oh. it had this massive bull and it, it looked just like the old Baal worship, you know, the, the sort of creature they were uh, getting carried away about uh, back in the days of Egypt. And this this Baal worship bull was obviously created by the elites. For a new paganism, they're trying to foist on the people. Literally, they had <laughs> people dancing around and bowing down, putting their heads to the ground, worshiping and adoring this 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 big bull. And. Uh, uh, now, that's what the globalists want you to follow, yeah. paganism. Yeah, this. But they must
0: have been cringing. A short
1: while later, everyone's getting excited about a Christian worship service in Westminster Abbey and a lot more enthusiastic for that.
0: Oh, I, and, you know, I tell you, they must have been cringing. They were cringing when they saw that. Oh, wait a minute, we don't really control these people like we thought we did. I mean, they have things up their sleeve that they're going to try. But see, it, it, it can't be considered legitimate when you, you put people in fear um, and they are in the dark about what's going on and you put them in fear for their lives, uh, That you, if you consider that obedience, you're a fool because they're not obeying you. Right, they're in fear once they stopped, once they started to realize what you were doing. I mean, I don't know if you noticed that one of the um, Queen's guards, young young man, uh, he, he, he passed out cold in, when he was on duty. Um, right in front of the cameras, he f- went flat. I mean, he bounced right off his face. Uh, and th- that's because they forced them to be jabbed. Yes, well, that, that's part of it. But uh, did you also notice he,
1: he fell at attention? Um, he didn't put his hands out to try and brace his fall and so on because, in fact, the the um, the Grandier gods are trained. If you, if you fall over, not to put out your hand, you just you know, whether you break your teeth, they literally say, whether you break your teeth or whatever, it doesn't matter. But you fall at attention if you're going to fall. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and he, he did show discipline. He didn't dead. put out his hand to try and no, prevent didn't. himself getting injured as he fell. But yes, they forced them all to be jabbed, and. Um, uh, and her too. Also, she, she, how many of the sportsmen have been dropping dead on uh, sports tracks? And oh, we had this ever. recently, we had the Comrades Marathon, which is one of our longest marathons in, in Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, a record number of people dropped dead on us. Now, these are some of the healthiest people on uh, the continent, and you all had to be vaccinated
0: to take part in this marathon. It's insane. And it had a record number of deaths. It's absolutely insane. Now compare that to how many of them died from COVID. Doesn't compare. Huh. Well, the the top heart
1: transplant surgeon in South Africa, Dr. Um, Sandra Foslu, uh, she said that the the greatest threat is from the vaccine. And she's a she's been doing heart transplants since 1988, and she's head of infectious diseases at as well. And she says. She's particularly concerned, particularly with men, heart attack strokes um, and and blood clots, that there's a far greater risk from getting vaccinated than there is from the virus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Of course, once they heard her say that, then here they, they kind of oh want, well, you know, that was it. That was the end of that. And they didn't want to hear from her anymore uh, because, you know, that's interfering with the narrative um, that, you know, I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what kind of deal they cut with people, but all around the, the world, especially in, in uh, countries that were, you know, quite poor, uh, you know, they even the pharmaceutical industry took like Pfizer in particular said they made a deal where if you reneged on this, we take property. And I'm thinking to myself, who are these people? Who are they that they would do this? Well,
1: uh, just an interesting side note, it was uh, tucked away in the news, it wasn't exactly front page headlines, but I bet your news didn't report this. <laughs> the Southern government just destroyed 8 million Pfizer vaccination uh, jabs, 8 million because of apathy from the population. They bought them, they're reaching the end of the expiry dates and the people just aren't interested. They had to destroy 8 million of these vaccination
0: doses. Well, they ha- they started to realize now that they are not locked down in their homes. That there are not body bags all over the streets. People aren't dead. There's not mass of funerals. No, because this was a lie it was a lie. Yes. Did people die? Yes. Just like they do from the flu. Every year we don't hear it reported, but people die from the flu. And most of the time those people had comorbidities. Well, they, had, they were forced to admit here in the CDC that everyone that had died from COVID had at least four comorbidities, including obesity.
1: Yeah, well, it, it's quite clear they did not die of the virus.
0: <laughs> no, no. It was, you know, in other words, it kind of pushed you over the edge. That was the last thing. But they lied, and that was all because they were promised all this money, and now all of a sudden, I know that some of the hospitals don't ask if you're vaccinated. They don't push the vax. That's because they're starting to think, hmm, if it ends up, it, 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 it was exposed, but, no, but the media is not picking it up, that they actually violated their, um, the agreement to make it uh, experimental so that they don't get sued, they're not liable. Uh, If that gets, they're going to get sued. And uh, I don't think they want, that's going to be very painful, you know, for them.
1: Well, the vast majority of the population of Africa resisted the jab. And uh, in some countries, I think they had as low as 2% vaccinations. Uh, the, The resistance in our country is huge. I think that something in a region of sixty to seventy percent of the population of South Africa eligible for the jab refused flat. Which is so awesome. complete apathy here, and they've had to destroy millions of these vials. It's just you know, it's a vast waste of money in every way. But obviously, we know that the people producing the vaccines got paid, even if the vaccines weren't used, yes. and of course they weren't good either. But Eight new billionaires apparently in 2021 as a result of the mandatory vaccines.
0: Gee, Hmm. gee, I wonder. No conflict of interest here, I'm sure. No, of course not. Of course not. Peter, where can the listeners follow and support your excellent work and purchase your books? Where can they do that?
1: Our website's www.frontlinemissionsa.org. Sa short for South Africa. So, FrontlineMissionsa.org. And my personal email is peter at frontline.org.za Peter at frontline za.
0: Excellent. And as always, I'll have those links in my after show, which is now on the live show pages. Go to AudreyRusso.com, click on the on air button, and right under the show description, you'll find all the links and info that Peter just shared. As always, Peter, thank you so much for taking the time to share your uh, brilliant assessments with us. We look forward to your return to the show. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Thank you so much. God bless.